White Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons. Call your daughter. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo. Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome to today's edition of Locked On White Sox. I am your host, Chris Tannehill. Herb Lawrence was actually murdered and set on fire while celebrating his birthday. You know, folks, Herb is in Arizona this weekend, so I told him I was more than capable of handling the White Sox weekend recap, which I, I think I am, but uh, we appreciate you guys checking in with us today. It's going to be yours truly, Chris Tannehill, solo with you for this brief endeavor as we recap the White Sox historic sweep of the Baltimore Orioles. And it was historic, friends, because it was the first time since 1956 that the White Sox swept a four-game set from the Orioles. So uh, fairly significant in terms of history. It's really tough to sweep a team. It's even tougher to sweep them in a four-game series. So uh, job well done by the White Sox this weekend. And today I'm going to talk about my experience at the ballpark this weekend, what I saw, things I noticed, talk about the White Sox play this weekend, and we'll get into some of your, uh, your questions on this Memorial Day. And it is Memorial Day. And uh, we're thinking about everyone who uh, has paid the ultimate sacrifice and who has served our country, and you know it's uh, uh, a tough thing to to talk about uh, in, in a way you don't say Happy Memorial Day, right? Um, but I saw this quote uh, from General George S. Patton, who once said, "It is foolish and wrong to mourn the men who died; rather, we should thank God such men lived." And I thought that was pretty poignant. So, if you know someone who lost a loved one uh, fighting for our country, uh, just to tell them thank you because, you know, it's often the, the men and women who, who are at home supporting those men and women who fight for our country overseas that often uh, bear the, the brunt of the emotional load uh, when, uh, when those fighting for us uh, don't come back. So uh, thank you for checking in with us today once again. And, man, what a weekend for the White Sox, right? Four-game sweep of the Orioles. Let's see how Bill Walton's doing today. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. And this edition of Lockdown White Sox is brought to you, our friends, at the Lockdown MLB Podcast. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, please. Call up Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so the White Sox sweep. I was out there Friday night. My dad and I went out there, our first game in two years, okay? It was my first time at the ballpark on Friday night, and we see the tweet come out from the White Sox Twitter account as, as uh, I'm leaving work Friday around 6 o'clock. White Sox say, hey, we're going to have some rain here, but it's going to become a mist around sometime in the 8 o'clock hour, and then it's going to be playable around 9 o'clock. So, all right, throw on a pot of coffee, 
have a couple extra adult beverages there, and uh, enjoy some White Sox baseball. And that's what we thought we would do. Uh, my dad and I were up in the club level. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I did that joke there for maybe two people. Uh, one person in particular who I, I know checks out the show, but if you caught that uh, Sopranos reference, uh, congratulations to you. Uh, but yeah, we were up in the club level, and uh, I enjoy sitting there because, especially for a night like Friday with constant rain, you know, it's a nice place to uh, to duck and cover and get, a, get out of the wet elements with the nice carpeted uh, concourse there. And, uh, you know, so we had a few drinks, had some food, and, you know, I can't believe it, but the White Sox actually decided to cancel that game after we spent all that money on concessions. Can you believe they canceled it? Of course, that's what they do. They're there to make money. Uh, it was pretty wet out there. It was probably much more rain than they anticipated, and the, the field was unplayable, uh, but it was okay for me anyway. You know, I know a lot of people were upset, and it was weird that they just didn't, you uh, have those tickets be reflected in a split doubleheader on Saturday, but that's not what they chose to do. So I got a full refund. I know some people were upset, but uh, such is life. And it, for me, anyway, it was good to just get out there. It was like a, a you know a, a test run for Saturday when I got out to the ballpark. But it was just good to see ballpark faces. And you know, if you go in that club level, if you ever sit up there, they've got waiter and waitress service there where they'll come to your seat. It's really nice experience and the, the I love the murals in there. Take you all the way down from the right field line all the way down to left field line. They've got the team historical murals, lithographs, whatever it is commemorating each era of White Sox history and took my dad down there to show him cuz in the in the right hand uh, right field corner you could see the mural for the 1906 Hitless Wonder World Champion White Sox, in which my great uncle Lee was a part of. Uh, but of course, I took my dad down there to, only to find out that Lee uh, is not in that team photo. He's in most team photos uh, of that White Sox World Series championship team, but he's not in the one that's there on the concourse. And uh, I am not happy about it. I don't know why or how I ever realized that. I didn't realize that before. But uh, to me, this is uh, even more egregious than uh, they might as well have just put Tony La Russa's face uh, on each member of the 1906 White Sox uh, like they did with Loretta's lounge there so uh, but they canceled the game and we went out there uh, Saturday me and my buddy Carl and it was just awesome to get out there man they get the double header I did not stay for both games the first game ran a little longer than I anticipated but uh, I ducked out in around the third inning of Saturday's second game but it was just great you know make sure to have my elotes there that's right folks I had some elotes you like elotes? Oh, that's my middle name. Yeah, absolutely. And it was very nice. I was wearing my Wu-Tang mask because I wasn't sure if you had to wear a mask on the concourse. You don't necessarily. No one said anything to the people that weren't because technically it's open air. And their policy at Guaranteed Rate Field is no masks unless you're in an enclosed area and you have not been vaccinated. So uh, the the nice gal at the elote stand complimented my Wu-Tang mask. So that was quite a welcoming uh, you know, uh, beginning to my first real game in two years there. So it was exciting, man. You know, we did see a guy with a Tony Larusa jersey in our section. We're we're sitting in section 114 or so 
I saw Ben Rosen, who was uh, slanging dogs there in, in that section, the son of, uh, of my boss, Mitch Rosen, at the score. He was there. But there was a guy with a Tony La Russa jersey, and that was an odd choice uh, to pay money to have uh, this, this avatar of everything that we don't like about the current White Sox and to, to have a jersey. But some, some men just want to watch the world burn. And there was another guy out there in the bleachers uh, in full Cub regalia who was uh, you know starting trouble with the people around him, just you know making it all about himself. It's weird the choices people make with fashion at the ballpark but another fun thing I noticed on Saturday uh, you know and I'll get to some of the details of the game but early on in the first game your mean had the 3-0 count with runners on and everyone in the ballpark just starts cheering I love that so much you talk about a fan base just taking on the identity of a ball club Everyone present, each and every pitch, the team is good, and people realize it's a 3-0 count with your mean up, and everyone just starts egging him on to swing. And he did swing, and I believe he fouled it off, but then it happened later on in the game with Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn had a 3-0 uh, count and he took a big massive hack on 3-0 but it's just it's fun man like the fan base leaning into it it just it makes the experience so awesome and each team every year has their own unique identity and the fan base you know clings to different guys in different ways and I, I love the the way that your mean has been received and also Billy Hamilton too which we'll get to him in a second he's got his own little uh, cult following out there in center field but uh, it was a great game. Game one, Sox win it 7-4. to four. Dallas Keuchel gives up the four runs, but the offense and the bullpen back him up. Yohan Moncada, of course, with a big blast late in that one. And, of course, what can, what can we say? Pito, Jose Abreu, three RBI in that game. You know, just clutch all the time, great approach. You know, I was talking to my buddy Carl, and we were talking about this White Sox team and how – you know, baseball, a lot of teams are so home run reliant, but that could not be the case with the White Sox. You hear Herb and I talk about that so much on the show, and I just love the approach of so many of these guys in the lineup. The home runs are starting to come slowly but surely. We were worried about the home run production for this team, and it's starting to come. They're picking their spots. You know, I think if you know you saw Moncada at the home run late uh, on Saturday, and you know they're they're doing a good job of shortening up getting these runners in when they have the opportunities in front of them. They're not selling out, and that's why I think this team is, is going to go a long way with that type of approach because they're they're not going to slump too often. We remember those Sox teams from the early 2000s, the softball teams of, you know, Carlos Lee and, and Conurco and, you know, Big Frank and, you know, Jose Valentin where, you know, you felt like there were maybe two home run reliant at times. Frank, of course, not. He was all world. But, you know, you saw that trend kind of happening over the years. And we often wanted a team with, with a better approach, a better two-strike approach, uh, you know, a better approach with runners in scoring position. So this team has that, I think. And they are just a, a ton of fun to watch. But uh, what can I say? Jake Lamb contributing a home run in game one. And, you know, Billy Hamilton with a home run in game two. It's like they were... Playing into the bit here on Locked on White Sox, Jake Lamb and Billy Hamilton have gotten uh, most of the ire because, you know, the, the Sox dealing with a lot of injuries, no doubt. But you're talking about two guys right there who are contributing now and, you know, the fan base seems to, you know, have a visceral reaction whenever Jake Lamb is in the lineup. But he's actually hitting over 300, well over 300 when he gets the opportunity to start. I saw Sox nerd. Uh, throw that stat up there on the Jumbotron uh, during Jake Lamb's first at bat. And, of course, he goes yard. So maybe we'll hear from Jake Lamb himself here later on in the show. But that was just hilarious that, of course, Jake Lamb gets this offense started in game one there. But then in game two, Lance Lynn, man, I don't know what else to say about Lance Lynn at this point. I said it after he got signed. 
I don't know how he does it. I mean, you could look at all the advanced data you want, and you could see exactly how he does it. He's successful by largely just throwing fastballs, cut fastballs, four-seam fastballs, anywhere in the zone with really good accuracy, right? That's how he's able to get it done. But it's just it doesn't make sense when you look at it. Like he's just serving it up right there in the middle of home plate for guys to hit, and he does have some good late movement. And but beyond that, he's just saying, "Here it is. I dare you to hit it." And something that happened after his last start, when he beat the Cardinals last week, we didn't get to this because of just the way the momentum of the week happened to carry us. And sometimes this is a blind spot for us when guys speak in the post game, and we're trying to do a recap that same evening. But Lance Lynn was really happy about beating the Cardinals. And you may notice Lance Lynn out there on the bump after a big strikeout. He's letting the obscenities fly, you know, uh, really just shit-talking the opponent. And it's fun to watch. You can check out – I first saw it on uh, on White Sox Dave's Twitter account, and then John Boy eventually did a breakdown of it. I was sitting too far away to notice uh, what he was doing when he was coming off the mound after a big strikeout to end an inning. But he's basically – just MF and the opposing team all day long after after a big spot. And you know, you see some guys who will yell into their own glove, like to hype themselves up, give it the old let's go, let's go. But basically Lance Lynn is like passive aggressively talking to his opponent <laughs> throughout the entire outing. And he was asked about that mentality that he has out on the mound. You know, not only the just get it, throw it right down the middle, see if you can hit it, but also just the the, the emotion, the attitude that goes along with just basically being Lance Lynn. Prove it. Hatefulness, a little bit of everything. Lance, in talking about your mentality, how do you, on the flip side, you know, um, constrain it to, you know, not lose focus and, and, you know, when there's a tough break or a tough moment like the sixth inning of the, the hit getting through and uh, settle down and stick to what you're doing? No, I mean, that's something you learn over the years. Um, you know, when you're growing up, when you're coming up in the game, uh, it's always got a bad attitude, uh, this and that. And then when you start getting older and you start pitching better, he's a bulldog. So just be a bulldog, I guess. Has that body language thing always been there, that aggressiveness, uh, or yeah. has it been refined? I've always been an asshole. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. Uh, Lance Lynn putting as boldly as you can possibly put it. I've always been an asshole. And if I were on the Baltimore Orioles, I would probably agree. <laughs> you know, I would agree, as uh, Daniel Plainview once said, and there will be blood. But he's just, he's a lot of fun to go out there and watch, man. And it's an interesting thing with this, you know, this could be just a one year wonder for Lance Lynn, at least in a White Sox uniform. You know, you have to imagine, you know, Rick Hahn is thinking about, you know, moving. Kopech into the rotation next year so that leaves an odd man out you know so Lance Lynn on the one-year deal probably is that odd man out then you got Crochet they're trying to get into the fold you know it's been kind of slow going for for Garrett Crochet this year hasn't had as many innings pitched or appearances as, as Kopech really but you know it'll be interesting to see what they do I would love a Lance Lynn extension by the way you know and as long as you're in your your short-term World Series window, and by that I just mean you have a pretty good group right now and you see Lance Lynn is still highly productive, try and re-signing him. And that, maybe that gives you the opportunity to, I don't know, I, 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 I was thinking the other day, I was talking with Herb, I was like, maybe they trade Dylan Cease and maybe Kopech is going to get some of those starts at the end of the year, you know, and with the uncertainty and you have the high upside of a guy like Dylan Cease and maybe you re-sign Lance Lynn, maybe that's an avenue that they, they want to, uh, pursue, but it, it just whether or not it's his last year or not, appreciate every Lance Lynn start, would you? Because he is so much fun out there to watch. He's so old school with his approach, and he was able to just basically shut down 
the the Baltimore Orioles uh, in Game Two on Saturday. Just uh, an awesome performance. He goes five innings, three hits, no runs allowed, seven strikeouts, lowering his earned run average on the year to one point three seven. Aaron Bummer, Cody Hoyer, and Liam Hendricks uh, getting the, uh, the the brunt of the bullpen work that day. We're able to hold down that victory as the Sox win three to one in Game Two on on, on uh, Saturday. So, you know, it was just uh, lots of fun, man, being out there Saturday. And I, I can't wait to get back out there again. And Sunday, yesterday was a day that would have been a beautiful day to be out there. And that was another uh, really impressive win for the White Sox, finishing out the four-game sweep. You look at what Lucas Giolito did uh, yesterday, just amazing. Another great outing for him, starting to – these great outings for Lucas, really starting to, to you know, have a little momentum to them. Lucas goes seven innings. He's left out there for a while. I thought he was burnt after six, and he's allowed to come back and, and start the seventh, and he, his pitch count was already well over 100. Then he just comes through and just tears through the lineup for a very short seventh inning there, and uh, an impressive outing for Lucas. Just three hits allowed, one run only. It was earned. The home run he gave up earlier in the ball game, and three walks, 12 punch outs for Lucas and Lucas was just dealing looking like that ace that we know he can be how was Lucas so good on Sunday what was it what did he do well 28 swings and misses will do that for you and to, to do that against a team who's trying to, to scratch and claw and they had Trey Mancini back in the lineup and they're just trying to get out of town with one victory like that's not an easy thing to do to go out there and, and dominate the way that Lucas did Lucas yesterday just did what Lucas does best, pound the strike zone, use that four-seam fastball at the top of the zone, mix in the changeup, and he even was able to get that slider some work today considerably, uh, throwing it away to the left-handed hitter uh, to the outside corner, and that was effective on more than one occasion. But Lucas just, you know, he had that look yesterday. He had that look that we saw in the the AL wildcard series against the A's where he just looked possessed out there. People said his brain was infected by devils, and he just looked really good today. He looked like he was focused, and he got in some trouble in that sixth inning, uh, but he was able to skate out of it, out of that bases-loaded jam, and there was just a great photo captured on the Sox social media of, of Lucas emerging after that jam uh, amidst uh, the, the three Orioles base runners there and just he had that look that look of, a, of a, just a champion out there so Lucas just awesome once again hopefully he can keep that rolling because this team is is at its best when Lucas is at the top and their ace because everyone we know is going to fall into place after that and you know shout out to the bullpen again in that one right because Liam Hendricks comes on again gets his third save in basically a 24-hour span uh, he's got 13 saves on the year and just a, an awesome job by the by the starting pitching and offense with some timely hits. Things were a little slow going early on in that one. Of course, Billy Hamilton, of course, who else but Billy Hamilton got that home run there early on to tie it up. But then just, uh, of course, who else sets the tone? T.A. gets on base, steals second. And I love that moment in that game where T.A., where they try to pick him off second base, balls airmailed, goes out in center field. Freddie Galvis tries to you know, lean on T.A. a little bit, and then T.A. just pushes him off as he as he scampers into third base. And then, of course, Nicky two strikes. Nick Madrigal is able to get that triple to bring in uh, Tim Anderson. That's really all the White Sox would need. They'd add another run late there. But another impressive outing. You know, it's the offense is, is not what we want it to be. 
you know, it, but the hits are timely and that's all that matters. And that all that matters is they're getting a win at the end of the day. So it's hard to nitpick when your team is winning and, and the White Sox now at a new high watermark this year, they are sitting there at 12 games over 500 heading into the Cleveland series this week. But real quick here before I cap uh, this weekend series, the sweep of the Orioles, did you guys catch your boy here getting a little love during the Sox game during Sox math? Here's your Sox math question for today. And with Baltimore in town, it is a wire-themed Sox math question. Number of letters, the last name of the Sox batter who appears at the plate in the season three premiere of the wire multiplied by his jersey number. We've done something similar before at Camden Yards last time, but not exactly this question. So if you're a wire fan, which was said in Baltimore, David Simon, the show's creator, a big Orioles fan, Bunk and McNulty were at the Orioles game, and the White Sox were the team playing during the game. As it's one and one on Trey Mancini, and I was just talking to DJ about this. That year, the Wire crew was actually there at the game filming. They didn't just take the footage of that game involving the White Sox and Orioles. They actually went and filmed that Camden Yards. Bunk and McNulty have their kids at the ballpark, and the White Sox were in that uh, critically acclaimed television program. All the pieces matter. That's great. A little pub now and then doesn't hurt anybody. Here is your Sox math winner for today. And I'll get to do the video for game one tomorrow. Sox Mike 242. Number of letters in the last name of the player who's in the wire is three. It's Carlos Lee, jersey number 45. He was facing Sidney Ponson in a game in May of 2004. May 5th, 2004 with the White Sox and the Orioles at Camden Yards. And that HBO program... Uh, we should, we should try and have our Sox Twitter fans uh, get David Simon to turn on our telecast. He's a big Orioles fan. I'm sure he's watching somewhere, so maybe he could flip us on. So uh, tweet at David Simon, the wire creator, and let him know that he was part of the Sox math question. Thanks. The fourth place finisher for Sox math today, huge White Sox fan and score producer Chris Tannehill oh. playing Sox math and evidently a big wire fan. Tanny mm, came yes. in fourth today, so... You'll get Sox math, the home game sent to you. I was going to say, do we have some prizes for that? We have prize for that. Yeah, so fourth place, uh, you know, fourth place wasn't even an option in Glengarry Glen Ross, right? It was second place was a set of steak knives, and third place is you're fired. Uh, so I don't know what fourth place does, but, uh, you know, I'm not here to, to – to sort of make excuses here on Locked On White Sox. I do have a forum here, and, you know, I thought that was pretty quick of me to know it was Carlos Lee, but keep in mind, folks, when I consume the White Sox, I watch on YouTube TV, so I'm naturally going to be a few ticks behind uh, of the folks who are watching on, let's say, a live cable stream, right? So, And I'm also a few ticks behind because I'm a complete moron, uh, so that's also part of it. But I, I don't participate in Sox math often, but I did want to make sure people knew that I knew it was Carlos Lee. Uh, that was in that scene uh, of The Wire. And uh, obviously, we're, we're fans of The Wire here on the show. You sound like one of them good problems. As you hear Marlo Stanfield there each and every day. But as I said on Twitter, I'm kind of relieved I didn't win because the Sox Math winner has to introduce the question the next day. And uh, I could not afford to have David Simon uh, write the screenplay or have uh, my guy, Dominic Lombardozzi, uh, who uh, follows me on Twitter, uh, do, uh, you know, appear as an actor in the video. So it, it's, that's good. So I, I, I wouldn't, anything less, uh, I, I would not be able to accept. So uh, congratulations to the Sox Math winner yesterday.
We'll take a quick time out here, and when we come back, your voicemails and emails here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our new friends at Sports Trade. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? No, it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, it's a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports and they just added baseball to the platform. So check out Sports Trade today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points of the game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, Good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Starting to see how this works here a little bit? When you're ready to buy shares, you pick the penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com and watch the How It Works video and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. Sports trade. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans like you. The app is for free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Look, Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about any league that you like. You'll find fans just like yourself on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors of the day. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. We here at Locked On White Sox, we're going to join Locker Room very soon, and we can't wait to talk to you guys there after a big game. Go to the iOS App Store and download Locker Room for free. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter page, and join the MLB, NFL, NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms there around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you guys on the app. I'll be sure to let you guys know once the Locked On White Sox room is live. So download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room. Changing the way we talk sports. All right, Herbie, I know you're here in spirit. Shall we open up the bag? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. And this is usually the time where I ask Herb Lawrence to give out the email address. I miss Herb. If you want to send us an email to the show, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. I'm also going to get into a few voicemails here. You can hit up the Locked On White Sox voicemail at 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727. That's Baines, AJ, Burley, Jorge Orta, Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, Tim Anderson. That's how you remember it here on Lockdown White Sox. It's so easy, isn't it? Uh, first email, check it in here 
Of course, it's our guy, Mike Victor. Hi, Chris. I consider Memorial Day to be the opening day of barbecue season, having some friends over tomorrow and taking it easy with just some burgers and dogs and grilled veggies. Oh, good for you with the veggies. Uh, What's your go-to dish for hosting a barbecue? Socks have been awesome lately, so I just enjoy the heck out of it. Have a great week. Thank you, Mike Victor, for answering my clarion call to not be so alone here on my solo endeavor here of Locked on White Sox. But uh, grilling. I have not gotten my big green egg yet. Uh, I, I hope to get that around Father's Day. I'll uh, I'll go and uh, get treat myself to the big green egg. But uh, I just have the old Weber uh, gas grill, the Genesis uh, with the three burners. Nothing fancy, but I do, you know, sort of something that's that's off the beaten path here. Something that you you know you don't have at every barbecue you go to, but something I really enjoy is I like to make ribs, but sure, you're like, oh, Tanny, dumbass. Like, I have ribs all the time. Like, that's a standard barbecue fare. Uh, but no, no, no. I like to do mine Greek style. And if you don't know what Greek style is, you know, you, you season them up with some oregano, some thyme, some kosher salt, pepper, you know, a little, uh, le- squeeze a little lemon in there. And oh man, let let that marinate for a little bit, and uh, and and cook your ribs that way. Like it's it's such a different flavor profile, and it works well with the pork. Um, it, but it's not overwhelmingly sweet. Like if you're slathering it with a barbecue sauce, you know. And if you want, after you cook it, you know, squeeze some more uh, fresh lemon on there. Oh, it's just it's the best. You know, cook that up with some Greek potatoes as well. Just something different. So maybe you want to consider next time you're out barbecuing because we've had ribs a thousand different ways in our life. But you have it. Oh yeah, a little little uh, chopped onion in there too. Uh, you know, uh, I, I do them. Uh, in the in the foil packets on the grill, you know, uh, for a while, then I then I finish them off outside the foil. But yeah, like if you get the the onions in there, it gets a it's really nice flavors there that are concealed in that aluminum there in that foil, and then you you finish them off outside the foil. Oh, it's so good. You know, I love Greek food so much, and you know what? And of course, I'm not even Greek. <laughs> How about that for two wire references on today's Locked On White Sox? Uh, next one coming in here, Adon from Bridgeport says this, huge fan, Tanny. What do you think of the alternates released today, alternate uniforms, and did you get your hands on one? As of about noon today, they were sold out online. Also, I've heard of your crazy DJing skills. Where are those on display? I never miss a show. And shout out to my brother-in-law, Joe from Mundelein, for putting me on to you guys. Oh, thank you, Joe, for spreading the love. Paint it forward. Appreciate you. And thank you, Adon from Bridgeport for hitting us up. Yeah, so the the team, the, the City Connect jerseys. I was a fan. Didn't wasn't head over heels in love with them. Uh, you know, I liked them. I thought they captured the essence of the identity of the South Side quite nicely. Um, you know, I I've, sometimes things that you gotta understand when you're almost in your forties, you understand not everything's made for you, and that's cool. But they seem to be really well received by by many people. Um, I was just happy that they brought back the diamond sock logo that was on the Jersey basically since 1991 through, I don't know, 2010 on the road grays, the diamond sock patch, which was ultimately replaced by a socks logo, which is a little redundant, but the diamond sock patch is back on the city connect jerseys. And, and, you know, I, I dug them just, you know, nitpicking here because I did a little graphic designing work back in the day. I would have gone South side two words, 
right? And I don't know if I would do the pinstripes. Like, it's not a flattering look for me, but I bet you uh, these guys are going to look really good in them. But, yeah, I thought they nailed it, man. Like, as far as the shy on the cap, you know, I, I don't love the look on the new era on field cap, but I, I like the look on the dad hat versions, if that makes sense. You know, just I, I can't explain it, but I just feel like it, it looks better on certain uh, types of hats than others, but I can't wait to see how they look in them. I thought they would wear them this weekend, but they did not. I don't know if they uh, have announced when they're going to release those and, and, and finally get to wear them, but I did see Chicago Sports Depot. They put a post up on social media on Sunday afternoon that they are getting more. They have limited quantities available of certain items of the City Connect stuff, but they're getting a new shipment in this week. So go follow them at Chicago Sports Depot. I think it was on Instagram I saw it. So, But they were selling out, man. Almost sold out of that stuff. So you know it was a hit. And this team in this city, man, they're just dying to embrace this team. And anything that, that's White Sox now is extremely hot, and it's it's really cool. And, you know, you, you would uh, never think what Liam Hendricks was talking about was an actual thing, you know, the, the, the Sox insecurity when these people showed up to support the uh, the City Connect jersey. So, uh, but thank you, Adon, for checking in. As far as my DJ skills, you know, I don't want to brag here. You know, uh, I, I've got a few projects that you can check out on my YouTube. Also, I'm on Mixcloud. If you search for Cosm Rock, C O S M R O K S, on Mixcloud, I've got a few mixtapes on there from my underground hip hop DJing days. And for those of you who don't know that about me, I uh, I was a DJ for many years, just uh, on a very, very low level. I just did it for fun. But I DJed on a radio show called The Hip Hop Project, where we interviewed uh, hip hop artists and, and it was we did live mixing on the radio show for four hours every Saturday night and interviewed some real legends in hip hop. And, you know, uh, I've interviewed DJ Premier, Pete Rock, Large Professor, Cormega. We even did a mixtape with Cormega that you can find on YouTube, me and my guy DJ Monkey. So, yeah, you can find my – just search Cosm Rocks on YouTube. Or go to my personal YouTube page, Chris Tannehill, and you can find some of those mixes. But I'm particularly proud of the Windy City Soul mixtapes. I've got two of those. I almost, <laughs> I almost spilled the beans there. I've got two of those that you can check out online. And so what they are is it's a, it's a mix of soul breaks, which are uh, – funk soul jazz loops that ultimately were end up sampled in some of your favorite hip-hop songs so i'm djing those records and, and and blending them together in a way that's cohesive using fun movie clips and tv show clips and things like that so i'm really proud of those just search windy city soul i think they're on my soundcloud as well but if you want to check out uh, my djing uh, you know pseudo skills you can check it out there and i've got a part three that i did during quarantine windy city soul part three that's done it's been done for a while and i think now that life is you know, uh, resuming to normalcy. I think maybe I can let that go uh, pretty soon, but I'm excited about that. So thank you, Adon, for, for showing love, and uh, thank you to Joe from Underline for putting Adon up on the show, and I hope I'm saying your name right. It's A-D-A with the with the emphasis on the A and N. So, I, I, again, I'm a dumbass, so don't be surprised if I if I mispronounce that. Uh, but let's get into some voicemails here, shall we? A lot of people checking in after this big victory. Let's see who we got here checking in from the 773. Hey there, Herb and Tanny. Paul Correct. Um, I'm calling in the bottom of the sixth of the uh, final game of the four-game series, hoping for a sweep here, but I'm actually heading to a party, so I I just wanted to do this because I'm probably not going to be able to do this later. All I've got for you right now from this series is a little Freddie Quimby impression. Santander! Santander! <laughs> Say it right, Frenchie! It's Santander. That's all I got there. Go Sox. 
Yes, very nice. Mayor Quimby from Paul Correct. Chow there. Chow there. Chow there. Um, of course, he's talking about, of course, Santander. Um, next one. Checking in. Um, let's see who we got here. Oh, hey there, guys. It's, uh, it's, uh, you got it, Jake Lamb. <gasps> Jake Lamb. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling actually in between games of that doubleheader. Did you see game one, Tammy? <laughs> yeah. I did. I just want to say, just to be on his ball club and play for Coach Tony. Also, um, I do get on the Twitter, and I did happen to notice that that, uh, that funky top journalist, yeah, he said something about how I should be DFA'd. You know, if I, if I can't hit against this guy today, huh? Well, now who's laughing now, Josh? Hey, how about that, Tanny? How'd you like that? Yeah. I loved it. I have 110 exit velocity, huh? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't have done it without you, Herb. All your support. Uh, it's people like you that really just keep me going. I'm looking forward to winning the World Series with this club. Thanks, guys. Jake, Jake Lamb calling. This is Jake Lamb. Oh, thank you for clarifying once again, Jake Lamb. Man, love to hear from Jake Lamb after a big Saturday. He really, he really ate me. You know, you know what burger out there? As I was sitting right there in front of uh, where his homer went out in right field there. But yeah, I knew Jake Lamb would be checking in. Of course, he's uh, caping for Herb and Josh Nelson uh, taking some shots here from Jake along the way. Uh, let's see who else we got here checking in. This is from the six three zero. This is Andy from Geneva. I just want to say you two do a great job on the podcast. Best Sox podcast out there is the Lockdown with uh, Tanny and Herb. You guys do a wonderful job. Was uh-huh. at the games today, both of them, doubleheader. Uh, Tanny, I hope you got your bobblehead. I hope your dad enjoyed the game. Oh, we did. What a great game. Great game. Great food. Uh, it was done. Two wins. Woo-hoo. Uh, question. <laughs> Why? Do you take Lance Lynn out when he's only pitched 82 pitches? He could have pitched the six and the seven. Then you put Bummer in, and then we turn around and everyone's sweating. And uh, then you, you want to be mad at Hamilton. And why is Hamilton in? And he hits a home run, and then he makes a game-saving catch. And you want to be mad that Lamb's batting, and, and then he hits a home run. So you can't be mad at those guys. But you can still be mad at Tony because – let him pitch. Let the guy pitch. 82 pitches. Let him pitch the rest of the game. He could have closed it out. He could have saved your your uh, rest of your bullpen. Now we got to go tomorrow, win a game tomorrow, and then go out of Cleveland. Hey, you guys, great, great show. Best show out there. Uh, good luck to both of you. Uh, I hopefully be calling again, but keep up the great work. Everyone loves you guys. Bye. Aww. Thank you, Andy from Geneva. Very sweet of you to say so. But, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. The Lance Lynn thing, why was he pulled so early in that one? And, uh, you know, it comes out yesterday that Lance Lynn is actually going to pitch on Wednesday against the the, the Tribe in the finale on on three days rest. Um, So Lance Lynn is a bulldog, man. He wants the ball, and I don't know if it's because it's a division rival and you got a chance to really stick the knife in. Hopefully by that point, you know, hopefully the White Sox are able to come up with the, at least a couple in that four-game set before Lance Lynn gets his uh, deciding uh, start there. But, yeah, man, uh, Lance Lynn is going to actually he – was, he was held back a little bit on Saturday because he's going to come back and pitch 
on Wednesday. So uh, thank you guys for emails and calls, and I'll preview that Cleveland series next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, you guys know, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. A little health and fitness update for you guys and gals. I am down about 16 pounds since February. Thanks to Built Bar. You see, I gave up sweets a while back, and I needed something to replace those sweets because I will never get rid of my sweet tooth, I don't imagine. So Built Bars are perfect because they're always covered in 100% chocolate, and they are packed with protein. They're low-carb and low-sugar, so my mind and my taste buds both think that I'm eating a candy bar, which in essence I am, but it's actually a Built Bar. They're not pumped with sugar like those candy bars and other protein bars on the market. And they've got a variety of different flavors. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. As a matter of fact, Herb and I just ordered a couple of boxes for the office just today, as a matter of fact. We ordered 36 in total, two eighteen packs. I said, Herb, what's your favorite flavor for the office here? And he said, Tanny, give me peanut butter brownie. So I did. And what did I get for myself? One of my favorite flavors, cookies and cream. And you got to go to BuiltBar.com now and sign up for their email and text list. And that way they'll let you know when a new flavor is back in stock. That's how I got my coconut brownie chunk. And that's how you can get birthday cake with sprinkles. No joke. It's a really good flavor, but they run out fast. So you got to go to builtbar.com now. And when you do, do what we did today. We used our own promo code today, promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your order at builtbar.com. I'm telling you, if you're like me and you've got the sweet tooth, these really help curb those cravings. They're packed with protein. Your average Built Bar has about 17 grams of protein. So they fill you up without all the sugar. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. That's Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, thank you guys for being with me today. I really had fun, and uh, it really helps uh, when you guys contribute with the emails and the phone calls. So thank you very much for doing so, and thank you all for the kind words. Uh, Cleveland Indian Series, the pitching matchup here. So as I sit here on Sunday evening and record this, I want to get this show done with so I can post it nice and early on Monday morning. But we do know it's going to be Carlos Rodon and Jimmy Lambert. Uh, I'm really excited to see him pitch. He's going to get a start in one of these two games as well. Now, MLB.com has the probables listed as uh, Tristan McKenzie going up against TBD for the White Sox. Now, I would assume it's going to be Carlos Rodon going in game one. You just think because when you have game one of a doubleheader and you got one of your horses out there and Carlos Rodon, he's a guy that can go deep and probably go all seven if you needed him to. So, you know, you save your bullpen in game one and then you have the the rookie, Jimmy Lambert, for game two and you have all you guys in the bullpen uh, at your disposal. And I, I believe I saw Ronaldo Lopez is going to be on the roster for the doubleheader as well. So maybe he factors in this. Uh, that's in some regard, and maybe he, he even will pitch on Tuesday. Maybe we'll see how that develops. But I'm looking forward to it. Two Sox games on a holiday. What is better than that? So Herb will be back maybe tomorrow to break down this doubleheader. If not, I think I'm capable. Uh, you know, I, you know, if you guys are still listening at this point, thank you very much. But Herb will be back soon from Arizona. We'll hopefully be talking about a doubleheader sweep. Fingers crossed, man. It would be nice to put some distance between the White Sox and the Tribe. But, boy, can they pitch. But they, they're hurting a little bit. Zach Plesak on the IL. Fran Mil Reyes on the IL. But we 
know they're going to be tough. So we'll break it all down here for you on Locked on White Sox tomorrow. The recap for both games will be posted around midnight or so. And if you want to get in contact with us during the game, that voicemail once again, 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727. LockedOnSox at gmail.com. So for my partner, Herb Lawrence, rest in peace. I'm Chris Tannehill. Thank you for listening to this edition of Locked on White Sox.